This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. You're on Joy 94.9 inside the Sound Museum with myself, Brian Peel, and Leo Stubbing. Leo, we have a very special guest on the phone. What an absolute history they have. If you remember the band Moving Pictures, they were an absolute epic group back in the 80s. They're actually performing a show coming up next month here, right here in Melbourne. And we have got him on the phone with us today. Gary Frost, welcome to Joy. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Leo. How are you guys? Good. We're good, Matt. We're good. Now, I mean, what a great career you've had, first of all. You've launched the band Moving Pictures in the late 70s, 1979. What were you looking for when you were forming the band? What was your intentions? I think back then we were really happy to play lots of soul covers and lots of Van Morrison and all the things that we loved and we threw in a few of our own songs and the band was very, very popular live very quickly. So we um, got to play lots and lots of gigs to lots and lots of people in the late 70s. That's exactly what you did because um, you mentioned you played hundreds of gigs a year and uh, some of your influences being uh, Bruce Springsteen, the boss, and uh, Van Morrison. What is it about their music, Gary, that gives you that uh, extra edge on your material? Oh, I think it's the heart and uh, wonderful songwriting, wonderful lyrics, awesome writers and performers. Because it all sort of started for you guys when you signed to Glenn Weekly Management and you released your debut single, Bustin' Loose, back in 1981. The album, Days of Innocence, which was produced by Charles Fisher, who's worked with Olivia Newton-John, Air Supply, and years later, um, great success with Savage Garden. What did Charles bring to the table as far as the sound for that first album? Charles just knows a hit and knows how to make a hit. He's just sensational. So we were very lucky to have him on that first album. For example, What About Me wasn't. We played it once at a gig and just went, ah, that's okay, we'll leave that alone. And one night, it was Charles' birthday when we were recording the album and we, Alex and I played the song and he came in and said, what's that song? That sounds like it might be good. So <laughs> he's got a very good pair of ears for a hit. What About Me went number one for six weeks in Australia, won the best single at the 1982 Countdown Awards, and was their second highest selling single of 1982. You were beaten by the Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> that bloody tiger. <laughs> bloody Slice Stallone's slice brother. <laughs> you know what, Gary? Every time I hear What About Me come on the radio, I still get the hair standing up on the back of my neck. And now I hear the beginning of the lyrics of that song and it really gives me uh, shivers. Now, you did write that song when you were working with uh, autistic children in, in one of your day jobs. Tell us a little bit about that story behind that, Gary. I was working, I'd done a psychology degree and I was working as a psychologist with um, autistic kids and I wandered down the road with one of my kids to a little corner shop in Sydney. Like We used to have lots of corner shops around and um, I just looked at him in the corner shop and saw the whole thing. Guess I'm 
1982 and 83, uh, signed a US recording deal with uh, What About Me actually hitting number 29, spending 26 weeks actually in the Hot 100. What was it like, you know, looking back and seeing your hits hit the uh, American shores? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Very, very heady and um, very. we were very unlucky actually because as What About Me was screaming up the charts, the company that we were signed to in America was basically closing down. So um, we kind of missed out. It was rocketing up the charts and it it stalled because the American record company was basically um, being closed down. So, yeah, it was a little bit unlucky. But then they released it again seven years later, I think, or five years later, and it was a hit again. So we got lucky twice. You had a song on the Footloose soundtrack in 84 called Never. Now, obviously due to the label going belly up, you didn't receive any royalties from that track. There must have been a hard time. It's a bit steep. Yeah. It is. When you think about an album that sells 20 million copies, you go, oh, someone got a lot of money out of us. (laughs) So, yes, that's one of those sad stories of the rock and roll world. Is that a bit of a sore point, performing that song now? Or do you enjoy singing that song? Or does it bring back too many hurtful memories? We actually said that we would never play Never. And um, we just started playing it last year on the James Rain tour. Okay. We thought, oh, look, it's you know, a hit song. And a lot of lot of our fans really wanted to hear it. And we went, oh, well, we can play it. So we, um, we decided we'd pull it back out of the closet. You left Moving Pictures back in 1984. What was the main reason for you leaving the band in the first place, Gary? The old creative differences thing, but also it was it was a really tough time because that whole record company thing and having done the, the Footloose thing and we'd recorded an album and the record company had said, no, nah, we don't like it, you have to go and do it again. It's, a really, it's really quite difficult and it's difficult to remember what it was like and we were all quite young and perhaps more victims than we thought we were. So, yeah, that's probably what happened. In 1987, you were in a band with your brother, Bill, 1927. That was incredible, Gary. The soundtrack of my my childhood, that's for sure. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I still belt out these tunes. And I I actually heard uh, That's When I Think of You on the radio today, and I thought, oh, boy, oh, boy, I'm going to have a chat to Gary tonight about this one. But um, (laughs) definitely uh, 1927, one of the iconic bands, the debut album-ish, reached number one, five times platinum ish spawn the massive tunes if i could compulsory hero that's when i think of you and uh you'll never know what was that time like for you gary it must have been crazy right yeah it was and it was um it was lots of fun and but it was crazy basically all those songs were written for most of those songs were written for the soundtrack to a movie that never actually saw the light of day and i went oh there's some good songs here i should probably form a band and get them on a record and fortunately, once again, Charles said, I'll help you. So, Charles Fisher. Yeah. So, um, he produced it and turned it into a big hit. And and record it is, because I've actually still got a copy of Ish on vinyl at home. And uh, looking at it, thinking, wow, top 10 uh, most successful debut albums in Australia, well, by one of Australian artists. The video clip for If I Could... Can I ask where that was filmed? Because I'm I'm still haven't quite figured out if it was a, a an old rundown church or was that a an old chapel or a or hall of some sort. It was, the interiors were filmed in a church in Bondi, and the somewhere just outside Sydney they had the out 
those exteriors of the church thing. But it was filmed by, and I have to be very careful here, Yeah, it was filmed by the cinematographer. The day we shot that, he left and went to Hollywood and... Basically, he won. It. He was an Academy Award-winning cinematographer. I'm just trying to remember his name as we speak. But basically, he wow. went straight from that to um, to Hollywood and fame and fortune. It was very well done. Um, the Bang won an, an Aria for Breakthrough Artist of the Year, and uh, you also won for Best Video for um, Compulsory Hero. Do you still keep in touch with the guys from 1927? Uh, yeah, I still see. Obviously, I still love seeing my your brother, brother Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Saw him last weekend, which was wonderful. <laughs> but basically, 1927 is still playing, and it's um, Eric's formed a new band, and they're great. We we often do gigs with them when we do, you know, those multi lots of bands playing at a gig. So and, and always catch up. So it's wonderful. And Charlie Cole, obviously, the keyboard player in 1927, is the keyboard player in Moving Pictures, and one of my best friends. So yeah, it's a great, an absolute so. great story. ago I had a chat with uh, Shannon Knoll about his then new single and but back in 2003 Shannon performed What About Me on the first season of Australian Idol. Now that was the first season no one really knew what this show was going to do or was, was, but for you when he released it in 2004 as his uh, debut single went number one for four weeks you're probably thinking cha-ching. <laughs> 
I did. Well, yes, and it was. We, my kids called him Santa for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they called him Santa Noel. Um, because the track at number one twice, obviously with you guys making pictures and uh, with Shannon uh, back in 2004. So co-writing that track for you must have been, I guess, financially beneficial, but also from an artist's point of view, having a, such an iconic song in your repertoire must be fantastic. Yeah, and it's, you know, and it's not as big a ka as a lot of people think it would be. It's not like those American ka They're big ka But, um, yeah, and it was lovely. And that's the nice thing about What About Me. It keeps, it's the song that keeps on giving. Oh, it sure does. Can you be honest here, Gary? When you first heard Shannon do that song on Idol and then release it as his first single, what was your first impressions of, of his version? Oh, I thought it was great. And fortunately, my great friend, David Hemming, who did the Ish album, was the engineer on the Ish album, mixed Shannon's one. So okay. he sent it to me before it was released and said, I hope this is okay. And of course, he did such a wonderful job and Shannon did such a great job. And you go, oh, look, anyone under 30 says, what about me, Shannon? Anyone over 30 says, what about me, Moving Pictures? Have you had the dance mix of What About Me? <laughs> <laughs> there is a dance mix, and it's um. What do you think about that, though? Seriously, Gary, of uh, if obviously your track there, people mixing it up yeah. for the dance floor. How do you feel about that? If you hear that the full mashup, yeah, my my kids, my kids piss themselves laughing. They just go, <laughs> Dad, listen to this. Because I remember, um, I remember back in the day, because um, we're Australia's only gay lesbian radio station. But back in the day, I remember hearing that in the gay club. Yeah. You would have, no, no, you would have, and there was also, um, I'm just trying to think, it was a big hit in Italy, a huge star in Italy did a, an Italian version of it. That would have been Anna hysterical. Oxford, her name was. <laughs> that would have and been it, well, And then it was, and it was redone <laughs> about five years ago with um, rap verse lyrics. I have no idea what, they, um, what they're talking about, but it just sort of goes into, so it's basically a mashup once again of her singing the, the chorus and some Italian rap artist doing the verses, so... I just keep looking at that song going, well, did it ever die? <laughs> well, as long as those checks keep coming through. I was just going to say, Gary's not too fast Ab- as long as he gets a bit of coin out of it. Absolutely. As long as there's not too much damage. Now, I want to talk, talk to you about the, the reforming parts of uh, moving pictures, Gary, because uh, July 2011, the original lineup reformed to mark the 30th anniversary of the debut album, The Big Smash, Days of Innocence. Also in 2014, you were awarded the Medal of the Order of Australia for service to the performing arts as a songwriter, performer and producer. Do you wear that badge with a bit of proudness, Gary? I did. I actually uh, thought, oh, will I do this? Will I take this? And I went, oh... I probably half deserve it. Basically, without being too overly humble, you go, look, I was very lucky. I had some great people to work with and I was in the right place at the right time a couple of times. That's why I think I got it. Really, I think I got it because I'm still alive and I'm not in jail. (laughs) They have to give it to to someone every year and they go, oh, who's still alive and who's not in jail? But... um, I was chuffed, but I was also, oh, do I really deserve this? I don't know. It's, it's hard. You've done Those something right for them to hard. give it to you, though, Gary. The lovely thing was Marie Bashir that gave it to us, the um, then governor of New South Wales, lent in very quiet, tiny little lady and absolutely gorgeous, lent in very quietly and said, um, never underestimate the power of music to make people happy. And I went, yeah. oh, that's a nice thing to say. Now, Gary, last year you um, released a new album with the boys, Picture This, which features acoustic versions of 
the hits from Moving Pictures. And um, of course, that spawned a tour. You're going back on the road next month, which is fantastic. Yeah, just a little tiny tour. I think um, it's a little bit difficult for us because Alex lives in London at the moment. He's about to move to Italy. So it's a little bit hard having your lead singer live across the other side of the world. But the tour gives us all a chance to get together and discuss what we're doing in the future. And um, it's just a little tiny tour for about a month. But then we're looking at a much bigger tour in January next year. From Ish, we're playing most of them, but we're probably um, being a little bit selective and going, we're probably playing a bunch of other songs that we think people might like to hear, perhaps a little bit better than they would from Days of Innocence, yeah. So looking forward, Gary, where do you see the future of Million Pictures? I think Alex is singing better than ever. Alex is a good boy now. Alex wasn't necessarily a good boy back in the day. I I saw you guys Uh, perform on Sunrise. Was that last year? Might have been last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you guys sounded great. Yeah, and he's singing. Seriously, he's singing better than ever. So, um, and we all can still basically play pretty well. We all still have a lot of fun on stage. We're going to do some recording, some new stuff. And moving on, we're heading back a little bit towards where we first got together, which was all the old soul classics. So we're going to be doing a lot of them, which oh, will be lots fantastic. of fun. Fantastic! <laughs> the whole Vetra is coming back. I mean, we went to Bananarama a few weeks ago yeah, here in Melbourne, crazy. and yeah. it was just crazy. Um, yeah, all these old awesome. '80s bands coming back, and and the, the, you know, chatting to we chatted to Paul Young last, last week. week, so we got the yeah. interview airing tonight, and just. A great story, and you know he's back with a, a new album, you know blues and soul album. And it's just so great to see these great artists from you know a couple of decades ago bouncing back and um, still doing great things. But um, just on that, Gary, because just going back to the, the supposed tour that you were going to have with Ario Speedwagon and uh, Tom Petty and Hall and Oates. Now Ario Speedwagon are actually touring America at the moment, or they've just finished a tour. Yep, I think Hall and Oates. I don't know whether they would still be doing shows, side shows somewhere. What, what are the chances? Would you would you ever contemplate, you know, hitting them up again and coming good on a tour that should have happened a few decades ago? Isn't it funny? You go, oh, guys, we nearly did it. Do you want, can we do it now? But yeah, um, yeah. Now, if, look, if they'd have us, we'd be there. No, that'd be that'd be an awesome, awesome show. The tour is happening early next month, playing at the Memo Music Hall in St Kilda on Saturday, 14th of May. Get along to see Moving Pictures live. You can book at memomusichall.com.au. They're going to Queensland, New South Wales. Bankstown yes. as yeah. well. Roselle. Narrabeen. Beautiful Narrabeen. stuff. Narrabeen. Yeah. <laughs> God. That's on the 4th of June. So there's some great dates uh, to check out one of the uh, country's most iconic bands, uh, Moving Pictures, and with a little bit of 1927 yeah. flavour as well. <laughs> yes, they'll be good. And we're really looking forward to playing the Memo Club because we've heard such wonderful reports about all our fans down in Melbourne. Yeah. you got to play the Memo! <laughs> That's a great venue, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. of course, the new album, Picture This, is online now you get it from the website as well, which is movingpictures.com.au, Gary. That's right. Thanks for joining us tonight, Gary. Thank you so much, Gary, for your Thanks, time. Thanks, Leo. Thanks, Brian. You're very Thank welcome. You, Thank you, guys. And I'd love to see you at the Memo Club. If you want to come, give me a call. Thank All you. right, Gary. Thanks for your time tonight. All the best. Good Thank luck. You. And uh, thanks for the music as well, mate. Well done. Thanks, guys. This joy card.
podcast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.